I feel like rotten eggs comes in the room when <laughs> Nick comes in. Yeah, I'm sure that's what everybody says. Actually, what happens is, you know, you've been taping your mouth shut to sleep better. Right. If anyone's listening, they've heard about that helps it, with your breath. his wild yeah. mouth taping <laughs> adventures. So when you're around, I actually want to tape my nose shut. And <laughs> <laughs> just only breathe out of my mouth. Jim, you're planning on going to IMTS, right? Absolutely, Nick. I wouldn't miss it for anything. What about your peers? Do you think other job shop owners are going to be there? Well, you know, they should be. I would hope that they would be there. It's the place to grab the new technology and bring it back to your shop and implement. And a lot of things go on your wish list. Well, you know, there was a period of time when people were concerned about going to a big show like IMTS, but I think that's in the past. And in fact, IMTS is anticipating that their audience of job shop owners and job shop employees is going to be up 15%, which is really exciting. Good metric. So what should people like you do to prepare for the show? I would download the app. I would also go to imts.com, register right now. Register now. Get your hotel and plan your event. We'll see you there, guys. Oh, Nick, you smell awful. What is that? I don't know what you mean. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts. Let's make some chips. So what was that all about? Do I really smell? In this episode of Making Chips, we're going to be talking about coolant problems and how to solve them. Okay. So my name's Jason Zanger. Of course, this is Smelly Nick Golner. Yes, I guess I have a new name. And didn't even realize I smelled. <laughs> You've gone into a plant before, right? Yeah, where yeah. you're just like, this place smells awful. Ah, uh, now I know where this is headed. Yeah. It's not about me, thank God. No, it's not about you. Okay. But I know what you mean. It's got that funky smell like It's hard to describe, but you just know what's wrong. Yeah, you know what's wrong. (laughs) And sometimes when you're in the thick of it on a regular basis, you don't even know that you're in that smell. You're nose blind? That's a really good term for it. Yeah, you're nose blind and you just, you don't know it's there. And and as somebody who comes in from the outside, we go to a lot of plants and... You smell a lot of different plants. We smell a lot of different plants. Well, it's kind of like when you have body odor, Nick, you want me to tell you that. As your friend, you want me to be like, hey, Nick... Only when it's true, so I'm not self-conscious. Well, Nick, I think you need to, you know, (laughs) reevaluate your deodorant choices. Yeah. And the same thing goes for a manufacturing leader. Somebody needs to be honest with them and say, hey, there's something funky going on here and you, you need to look into this because... It's a symptom of other problems. You know what I mean? understand. So there's a lot of things that you can look for. There's the smell. There's fogginess and dirty windows because, of course, coolant gets in the air as well. Sure. There's the pitting and the gunkiness on the surface of tables and tool holders and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a generally unhealthy environment for your team. And I think if you want to run a state-of-the-art, futuristic manufacturing facility, this is one of those things where if you want to recruit the rock star leaders and rock star people working there. Don't make them go to a stinky place every day. Yeah. Don't make them hang out in front of a bunch of people sure. that have BO. It's like going to a meeting every day and like literally every single person in the meeting has BO. Yeah. You know, like well, how much fun would I that mean, be? I mean, you know, this is a topic near and dear to 
Both us, of us. Us and yeah. Hennig, because yeah. we're making chip conveyors and coolant filtration systems. There you but go. We don't really get into the chemistry as much as you probably sure. do. Because yeah. we don't sell the coolant. We just try to make sure that we're taking the particulates out of the machine yep. and that it's not getting clogged and that you're not running chips through your high-pressure spindle, right? So There you go. Yeah, no, I like that. And we sell the coolants and a lot of the other kind of like ancillary stuff around it besides what you all sell. So as I was explaining to you before, Nick, one of the services that we provide to our clients are a coolant management process. And so we do some very basic things, some of them, which is we test the concentration of the coolant. So we've Mm -hmm. got this cool little probe, you stick it in the coolant and it tells you exactly what the concentration is. It's kind of like an alternative to the old school refractometer you have to take a sample and it gets a little bit dirty and you put it in a little glass slide. We don't have to do that anymore. And you generally want to make sure that you're taking an 8 to 10% concentration, maybe 12% if you're tapping. And the concentration is the coolant mixed with the water. Or Correct. It is. Okay. Sure. Correct. And a lot of these notes, so my lead applications engineer, Tom Sanger, who's been on a previous episode of Making Chips, he leads a lot of this directive for our clients. And it's very important because Generally, your maintenance people, they're doing a lot more other things that are probably more important. And a lot of times the coolant gets overlooked. Yeah. And so we add this as a service so that we can just help them out. We call it like our smell and taste test. So we have to look at some subjective data and some objective data. Sure. So the subjective data might be, hey, anybody have any kind of like dermatitis problems? Have you seen anybody going to the safety or the OSHA contact as far as those kind of dermatological problems? You know, the objective data might be... Because the funky coolant can mess with the skin and everything. Yeah, absolutely. And then the objective data might be how consistent are we keeping that concentration? Because you always want to have a very consistent read from week to week or month to month. So that's where we're going. But generally, it's kind of like managing your own health of your body. It's like, so I have a story. So related to myself. So recently, maybe not recently, a couple of years ago, I went from like, you know, kind of like the the old school original deodorant, like kind of the more processed deodorant. I yeah. went to like switching to like a more organic deodorant. Because the, uh, what, the aluminum's really bad Yeah, for there's you. like bad yeah. stuff for your body and yeah, stuff like that. Right. And so like- You end up with like heavy metals in your blood. Yeah, like through that process, I made some bad choices and my wife's like, you stink. <laughs> I've done the same thing though. I've tried to get away from the harsh chemicals right. and- not all the uh, green deodorants work very well. So they they don't you end up all work well. Through the day, and you're like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't want to have to reapply my deodorant three times a day. <laughs> and so, I want to be known as that guy that smells good. I want to walk into the room, and be like, yeah, Jason Zanger, he smells good. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like Nick Golner, where like, oh gosh, he smells awful. That's your like, dream. I feel like rotten eggs comes in the room when, when <laughs> Nick comes in. Yeah, I'm sure that's what everybody says. Actually, what happens is, you know, you've been taping your mouth shut to sleep better, right? If anyone's listening, they've heard about that helps with your breath. His wild yeah. <laughs> mouth taping adventures. So when you're around, I actually want to tape my notion. <laughs> And <laughs> just only breathe out of my mouth. <laughs> nice. Touche. You got me there. <laughs> that should have been my joke for you. Yeah, that, that was, was in good. the holster the whole time. <laughs> there you go. All right. So we're going to talk about coolant management this whole episode. Are we going to do that right now? Because I've got some stories and obviously we're kind of in this world together. Yeah, no. So, I mean, you could interject. Yeah. Loosely, we're going to talk about the problems. Okay. And then we're going to talk about some of the solutions. So if, if you have some solutions here, let's talk about your part during the solutions too. Sure. Now, the reason that I put them into these two different categories of problems and solutions is simply because you can't always say A is happening because of B. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Sometimes just a variety of problems. It's like, I have a headache. Oh, you have a brain tumor. Right, exactly. And then there's a variety of solutions around there. And then you're like, okay, take an Advil. And you're like, well, the Advil hasn't 
helped anything. Yeah, you know? right, so yeah. Right, right, right. But before we go there, we got news. We got to do news. Yeah, we got news. Is there anything you want to share? Like anything great going on with you guys? You know, I'm about to go to Europe again. Nice. So you didn't invite me. I'm excited. I actually did. I actually did bring up that I was going to Europe. So I don't remember a formal invitation where I could have booked a trip. So yeah, but I brought I it up, have. and you were saying that you couldn't go because of I did? family reasons. Your wife's back is hurt. Oh yeah, that's blah, true. Blah. Yeah, I, I kind of floated it out there. And yeah, then, and then you did. I didn't pursue it. But I think I told you I go next time. Yeah, yeah. And we've been talking about yeah. this for years, and doing making ships episodes in Europe would be That'd really be fun because there's some really bright people over there. But yeah, I get to go back. They're kind of more relaxed on some of the restrictions for travel with COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. So, so you don't have to wear a mask the whole flight, which would be awful. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going to visit Hennig, Germany. I'm mm-hmm. going to visit Ott Jacob, a nice. tool clamp systems company. I'm going to visit Schunk. I'm going to visit a company called Triag because I'll be in Switzerland nice. for a while. And then I'm going up up north to visit two more companies. So Yeah, it's been years since I've gone on a trip like that. I mean, last time I went, I, I went to South Korea to visit YG. Oh, um, that's One of cool. our big cutting tool I've always wanted to go to Korea and Japan. I've been to China once, but I've, I've always wanted to go more places in Asia. So. Yeah, no, it was... Uh, yeah, I'd like to go again. Yeah. Actually, yeah. one of our biggest partners is Iskar, who's out of Israel, and I would love to go there. That would be a great yeah, trip. That would if be you fun. do that one and you don't invite me, I'll be mad. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if I could invite you, but I'll let you know and we'll see what happens. Sure, sure. So yeah, I mean, I guess for me, you mentioned it. My wife is really struggling right now with some back problems. So if anybody out there is a prayerful person, just keep her in your prayers because um, yeah, it's been very um, difficult for her. Yeah, with, you're, uh, you're doing double duty. Problems. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Mom. So, yeah, I'm just, uh, it's very tiring right now, but I'm keeping it together. So it's it's all good. All, all good. right. Well, tell me about this news. Yeah. So manufacturing news, this is a little bit of an old manufacturing news, but I think it's still fun to talk about. So the news was that Peloton, I think that they got really popular during COVID. Yeah. Like, like very popular. Everybody was buying their Peloton bikes and they made this huge plan I think it was spending $400 million to build their own manufacturing plant in Ohio. Okay. And they all of a sudden just abandoned it. I mean, they literally broke ground and they announced that they were going to be hiring all these people. And then they just came out with another announcement. They had leadership changes and they're eliminating 2,800 jobs. You know, it I mean, sounds like that Foxconn thing that happened. Uh, it does. That? It- I know. I feel like, you know, if this is another thing like that Foxconn thing where they bamboozled the politicians, I mean, that's really frustrating. Yes. Because if they're going to give companies incentives to open up a 1 million square foot space for manufacturing offices and amenities, they need to hold them to that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just awful. So now they said that they're going to rely more on third party suppliers. So it sounds like somebody so didn't might create jobs, but indirectly, I guess, maybe like because other, but they're not, gar- they can't guarantee get- that. And, right. you know, I think a lot of it came down to they didn't anticipate the fluctuations in demand. Sure. Like they thought that the COVID demand was going to just stay forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now people can go back to the gym and, and they like, want I'm to. going back to you. I'm going right. to back to gym. Yeah. So they got a little too big headed with the, uh, oh my gosh, we're, yeah. you know, quadrupled in sales or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Potentially. Who knows? Yeah. I, so you got to be careful about these kind of things. You got to yeah. be careful of trends and how they affect your manufacturing business. So, okay, let's get to the episode. So let's talk about the problems first. So I broadly divided the problems into. These are all coolant related problems. These are all coolant related problems. Yes. Coolant problems and how to solve them. So the problems are broadly categorized into two different categories. So let's just call them people and equipment, or essentially it's like people and everything else. So the people problem, we already talked about this a little bit before. There's two different 
big people problems, rashes and dermatitis. So the additives and the bacteria that just naturally gets into the coolant can very easily cause major skin problems like dermatitis. And it could be something major like dermatitis, or it could be just a rash or even just a light irritation. But these are the kind of things that can really not only affect the people that work for you and them wanting to stay at your place of business and be a part of your culture, but it could actually slow down their productivity. Sure. I mean, calling in sick, just generally not feeling well, yeah, well like at the it, job. It actually crosses the line over into like employee safety and well-being. Oh, 100%. And it's not just irritating and stinky. It can, yeah. it can make you sick and have a rash. Absolutely. And then if you compound things like chips in the coolant mm -hmm. or the weather, I know for me during the wintertime, I mean, my hands... If I'm not putting, I, I have this. I was just going to say, I see yeah, that. I, we ha we I have use this, the same stuff that working yeah, we, hands. Yeah, we sell this product at Zenger. It's called O'Keefe's Working Hands. And I keep a, a little thing of it at my desk because if I'm not putting that on three, four times a day during the wintertime and, and it's not like even. painful, like cracking. Yeah, and I, my hands start bleeding and everything. So like if you think about somebody who is at the machine and is really getting the coolants on their hands and stuff like that, it's going to be even worse for them. So. Sure. It's something that is a major problem and it really could impede the future plans for your company okay. from a hiring standpoint, from a productivity standpoint, everything. Right. So the next people problem is coolant mist. So, you know, if you think about like we've been just inundated with people wearing masks, right? Mm -hmm. For a year and a half or whatever, everybody's wearing masks all the time. Every once in a while, I, I go to the grocery store and I still see somebody wearing a mask. <laughs> and, you know, that maybe they have some kind of health problem sure. that they need to wear the mask for. I'm not here to judge them as far as that goes. But when it comes to your coolant, Mist, if you're not removing those particulates from the air, it could be really harmful to your respiratory yeah. system. So you have mist collectors and things yeah, like so that. Yeah, so you have right? mist collectors and everything like that, which we're going to talk about eventually too. So now let's talk about the equipment. So broadly speaking, any piece of equipment that you have could be susceptible to erosion. So the rusting, the breaking down of seals, it could affect the parts. The coolant that you have could be affecting the parts that come off your machine because when you go to store them, unless they're properly cleaned and everything like that, it, it could start to corrode those parts as gotcha. well. I mean, that makes sense, right? So you're changing the chemistry of the coolant and fungal things and icky things tend to be more corrosive things. Yeah, right? exactly. Not, I'm not a chemist or anything, but it just makes common sense. Right, right, exactly. I'm not, I actually, did I ever tell you I studied chemical engineering? Yeah, I, I know, a chemical I know. engineering de degree. So, so you yeah. probably know all the ins and outs. Not really. Of that, but no, really? it was chemi chemical engineering is, is way different than chemistry. Gotcha. So that it's like, it's like making things out of chemicals then? Or? It's more about like kind of like the fluid flow and stuff like that. Like gotcha. I, I don't even remember and I'm huh. probably not describing chemical engineering very well. So the second thing as it relates to your equipment would be your tool life. So this is pretty self-explanatory. If you're not making chips, you're not making money. And right. if your coolant is impeding your either your productivity because you can't go as fast or it is causing you to have to replace tools more often than you should, that's going to be a problem. So improper lubricity, dirty coolant, fine metals getting into the coolant, all of those things are really going to impede your tool life, affect the productivity of your cutting tools. So this is where it goes back to cutting fluid needs to be checked with a refractometer or one of these probes on minimum a weekly basis. Okay, and I bet you that 95 plus percent of the shops out there do not do this you don't think so look there's some really good maintenance guys who are totally on the ball and then there's some bigger companies that really like build that into their process oh for sure but the vast majority 
is reactive. Oh, and for sure. Just totally reacting to one problem after another, and that's because mm-hmm. they're not doing these things. They're not doing the PM. They don't have predictive maintenance at all. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's where, like I mentioned, that we come into play in order to help them along that path. Guys, I'm getting pumped about the IMTS. Me too, man. Yeah, so am I. You know who else is going to be there? Pro Shop. Yep, you got it. In the East Hall. I know they're going to be in the East Hall. I don't know the booth number, but I know they're going to be in the East. Well, I remember one of our listeners. Yeah, well, a friend of ours, friend of the show. Flew all the way in to the last IMTS. After listening to Pro Shop on making chips. And now he's a very, very happy customer and it's changing his business. Yeah, he's grown without having to add as many people as he would have without Pro Shop. And at the end of the day, it's a process-controlled ERP that gets you all the way from the estimating module all the way to invoicing. So how do you find out about ProShop? ProShopERP.com. Yeah, and you can go to IMTS 2022 and see them in the East Hall. So now let's talk about the solutions. And I know that you have some solutions too that you wanted to bring to the table. And one of the things that you just mentioned, preventative maintenance. So we could actually probably do this as a whole episode unto itself. But And even offline, like you guys are doing more with the chemistry of the coolant and mm-hmm. we're doing more with the chip removal and, there you go. and the filtration. So like a round table with your team and our team could be really cool. That could be kind right? of fun. Absolutely. But I mean, just making this coolant management a part of your preventative maintenance, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it should be there. Totally. Like you said, your more sophisticated companies are doing this more proactively than reactively. So don't wait until you have the smell, like address it now. Make sure that you're managing that consistency of coolant concentration and it's in that right range that it should be and make sure you're not getting that bacteria build up and you're looking for those signs. We talked about this on a few episodes recently. Like this is a prerequisite to lights out manufacturing. Oh, that's a great point. You know, so you can't go lights out. You can't run unattended if you have coolant problems. Mm -hmm. If you're starving your machine of coolant, you have an issue. Yep. And so we've had standard conveyor with coolant tanks that we've had to modify for applications where it's 24-7 because they're just pumping more coolant Mm. through it. Okay. So we had to make, you know, a bigger tank or a safety tank that can add more coolant when it's required. Right. But I remember one of the leading machine builders, it was like a month and a half ago, and their head of engineering told us, he goes, you know, everyone wants to talk about the tools and the setups and the robots and everything. He goes, what everybody forgets when it comes to lights out is managing your coolant. Yeah. And then they buy this system with the promise of it running 24 seven. Yeah. And it doesn't because the coolant system, what you're talking about, what we do, it just wasn't set up for that. And then the whole promise of lights out that they invested all this money in is just gone. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So you got to go back to that. And you mentioned starving your machines of coolant, but you can also be too rich with your coolant too. That's also a big problem. And we recently helped a prospective client who was running their coolant way too rich and they were having like they were having in problems. terms of like the concentration or the viscosity or just too much coolant in the system at- the concentration gotcha yeah gotcha. the concentration yeah and there's a lot of ways to handle that well one of the things that a lot of people will do is that they'll top off in the mornings or something like that or when it's too rich they'll just top it off with a bunch of water that's not the right way to do things. You have to at least have a 2% concentration in there and top it off with a mixture. You don't, okay. you don't just you go d- you in don't there. You don't just start, add water. You don't just add water. No, just that's add not water. the right way. Yeah, just add water. That's not the right message. Yeah, <laughs> okay. exactly. Gotcha. I mean, there's actually very automated ways to do that. I mean, we sell, I apologize to the Metalworking Nation. This is going to end up turning into like a little bit of a commercial for Nick and I just because we're so involved in this kind of stuff. But we sell these automatic proportioning tools that go on the drum or on the tote in order to make sure that that concentration is dialed in perfectly. 
Sure. So yeah, and I think I mean it's inevitable because our businesses are in this space solving this problem, but it's such a big problem. That's mm-hmm. why we're busy with it. Yeah, so, exactly. It's so a the very whole big point problem. of this isn't to just promote, hey, we make great chip conveyors, and he's you know yeah. really good at helping his clients manage coolant. Mm-hmm. The point is. These are avoidable problems. Yeah, there's some very good solutions out there to solve that. Absolutely. It, should, it shouldn't goal, be a problem. Like we have a product vision and it's a zero downtime chip conveyor and filtration system. There you go. And so there's things that we can do, like what you just pointed out, where you're getting into more of the machine monitoring side of things, where you have sensors that are constantly monitoring the flow and the viscosity and the concentration and things like that. And and we're working on some pretty cool stuff like that. Yeah. And the temperature. Yeah. There's just so many things. You shouldn't have to smell, Nick. And you're making me believe it's possible not to smell. I I think it is. No, it is. I actually think (laughs) that maybe you and I should collaborate on a marketing campaign. And if you could visualize this for a minute with me. I'm closing my eyes. Close your eyes. So it's an ad where you're on one side and I'm on the other side. So if you can imagine you with flies coming off of you, kind of like that old school, Mm. like Charlie Brown. The Charlie Brown guy, yeah. Yeah. What was his name? I don't remember. Pigpen. Pigpen. And he had like, there's all flies and dust yeah. coming off of him. Yep. So okay. Nick Olner, flies and dust coming off him. And then me next to it with, you know, smelling really good, like cologne and you're just feeling good with gotcha, a smile on gotcha. my face. And it's like, you can smell this good, Metalworking Nation. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like Nick. <laughs> okay. I think there might be something there. <laughs> we'll have to keep working on it. Though. All right. Let's keep working on it. Okay. So the next thing as far as solutions go is to wash your hands. Very simply. Wash your hands. Make wash sure, your hands. Well, because you're neurotic about this. You you wash your hands like every time you touch something. Yeah, I'm definitely a germaphobe, but like, and that's going to give you that cracky skin and the dermatitis. But there's a particular type of soap that you can use that can help you to make sure that you don't develop some, or at least have a less of a chance of developing some of this dermatitis. So here's my memories from working in in the shop at Hennig. It wasn't even like liquid. Mm-hmm. Our soap was like this powder. It was a powder, right. And then you would get it wet. You know, your hands would be like basically black or welding. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a dirty environment in a lot of areas of the shop. And then you're just like scrubbing. You're just taking the outer layer of skin off with all the grime. And then your hands are super clean, but you get home and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's it, no moisture on my hands. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, so what it does, the bad soaps are the soaps that they actually remove the good oils from your hands. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this removed like skin from my hands. Yeah. Not surprising. <laughs> it was the only thing that could get them clean. Like I could do my little Dawn soap or Dove soap. No, or we sell these very particular types of soaps that are the proper way for somebody that works in that type and of environment it, okay, to use. Cool. We probably just didn't buy those. It's kind of like, I don't know we if we need to. Yeah, well, you have to spend more money on it. Okay, you know? gotcha. So here's another... All right, well, that idea is out. <laughs> <laughs> There's, here's a little bit of an analogy for you. So I don't know if you know this, but you can actually get good bacteria and bad bacteria in your mouth. You yeah, have, no, I, yeah, I've you have that, good yeah. bacteria like in and your gut. Ba- yeah. bad bacteria in your right, gut. Right, right. And you want to keep the good bacteria is in your mouth and in your gut and you want to get rid of the bad bacteria. The problem is that there's a lot of toothpaste and foods that you eat and stuff that you can ingest that kill the good and bad. It just kills everything. It just kills everything. You know, and there's a lot of medicines that you could take that kill those things off as well. Sure. So yeah, washing your hands, but washing them with the proper soap. The next thing would be wearing nitro gloves. So that's pretty self-explanatory. If you're going to be handling the machine in a manner that you should be wearing gloves, wear nitro gloves. I mean, we sell tons of nitro gloves to our manufacturing clients. They're super cheap. They really could cut back. I mean, people don't want to wear them all the time. 
Yeah. But there's definitely a place for it. I have that glove phobia where it's like if I have gloves on it and I pick something up or try to handle something, it never feels I right. I hate it too. Yeah. I agree. And nobody likes it. So choose the proper times to wear the sure. gloves. This is, I didn't realize this was a skincare episode. This yeah, is it really is. Well, it's a big problem. Using a moisturizer with a barrier. So we, again, just like we sell like these specialized soaps, we actually sell a specialized moisturizer that puts like a barrier over your skin so that a lot of those bacterias and everything that's bad for your skin doesn't get on there. Okay, sure. The next one is, when we just talked about this, mist collectors. Yeah, I mean, you're breathing this air all day, right? Yep. So those chemicals are not made to be inside your body. They are not made to be inside your body. Yeah, you want to install the proper type of mist collectors. You want to make sure that there's some bad mist collectors out there. I mean, I'm just going to say it. One of, I'm not going to mention them by name, but you can email me if you're interested, but one of the most popular mist collectors out there is just terrible. It's terrible. I see them everywhere and they just don't do the job. Yeah, we'll talk offline. I have a guess who you're talking about. And I can just tell when I go into one of these shops that are using this particular brand of mist collectors, they're cheap and they're very prevalent, but they just don't do a good job. And there's mist collectors out there that do such a good job. I mean, Jim has ranted and raved about the one that we installed at his place, and he wants to maintain a state-of-the-art shop where he doesn't have all that mist in the air, and he's got a great working environment, and I think that we accomplished that for him. Using a quality water is the next one. So depending on what area of the country you're in, you can have different types of waters and you can have different pH levels, different hardness levels. I mean, if you really want to go to the extent of like, you know, reverse osmosis and like different filtration systems, but testing that water and making sure that it's good for the coolant for the machines is definitely sure. something, another step that you could take. Sure. Proper filtration. And this is where I'm going to kind of defer to you, but removing fine metals and everything in there, not only does that cut into your skin and cause problems, but it also cuts on your tool life. Sure. So I know that's something that you guys well, um, and, are And you don't reclaim into. as much of the coolant when mm-hmm. you're bringing it out on the chip conveyor belt. That's okay. another issue. But if you think of filtration, think of like digestion, right? How that starts. So digestion starts with chewing mm-hmm. and then in your saliva breaks it down and it ends up in your stomach and then your, your stomach breaks it down and then So you've got all these stages of digestion before, you know, the nutrients get in your body and whatever, right? So the first stage of filtration is the belt. And we... Is that like your tongue? Yeah, yeah, like your tongue or your teeth, right? We're doing a lot of analogies this episode. Yeah, this is like a medical episode. This is like your body and your machine. So if you think of all the problems that can happen, and and we get people who call like a machine tool dealer and say, hey, brand XYZ sucks because I got coolant leaking on the floor. And... They're like, well, no, it's nothing wrong with the machine. They're like, well, the, you know, I got coolant leaking on the floor. And they're like, well, okay, then I guess it's the conveyor company who sucks. <laughs> then they dig in and, you know, we get a call and it's like, well, you have a hinge belt and it's all aluminum and cast iron fines. Like, that's the wrong kind of belt. Yeah. Right. So it just most of these problems are like, it's a misapplication of the product. And then if people have bad coolant and Zangers is hired to handle it, like they don't even go to the root cause. It's like, well, Zangers was hired to handle it and they screwed it up. So so for us, it's our job to educate our customers, whether it's a a machine tool dealer or a company like you who's doing a replacement chip conveyor Mm -hmm. or directly to the end user, like, okay, well, what are you cutting? What are the variances in materials? Like, what's the coolant flow rate? We ask all these questions and we apply the right... And what are you cutting is one of the most important things, I would assume. Like, we have this application that the head of this product group and I went to go see where they were cutting this special kind of glass on a Yazda machine. It was like this glass-like oh material, and they had to get down to less than five micron filtration. So this coolant system was like the size of your entire room here. Wow. And like all sorts of cyclonic pumps, and it was so crazy, but they have to filter the coolant because they know how important it is to make this part. 
And this part ends up in like the nose of a guided missile. Oh, wow. So it was really cool just to yeah. see how comprehensive they can get. And then it can get just as simple as, all right, well, what kind of belt do you have? Do you need perforations in the belt to let some of the coolant flow through? Do you need it to scrape from the bottom of the chip conveyor and scrape the material out? Or do you need it to carry the material out on the top of the belt? And we have a whole resource section on our site that helps you understand how to make that decision. Nice. Well, I mean, it sounds, yeah, very technical. And I think that you need to choose wisely. Don't just, when you buy a machine tool, okay, so like thinking about it from scratch, everybody has their system already. But if you're going to purchase a new machine tool, spec it out correctly. Don't you just don't assume that the guy who sold you the machine tool is thinking about all those factors. Well, and also don't assume that whatever the standard system is, is the right system exactly. to use. Exactly, because a lot of times, let's face it, we've got some really great partners who dive into the weeds. We've got other partners who just, you know, okay, I'm selling this machine to like process this part and, and they're they just they, check a, a box. It's something you overlook because you're like, whatever, the standard filtration system yeah. is fine. Nobody buys a machine tool because... Oh, it's got a great chip conveyor on it. Right, it's exactly. kind of an afterthought. And we don't even really want people to be thinking about us that often. Yep. Because if they're thinking about it, it's because it's not working. Yeah, exactly. So. so if you think about it, Nick, when you see these systems where they've done a poor job of filtering and they have this built up of fine metals, when you have all that stuff pulling up in one section in your machine, it's going to cre- start creating bacteria. Yeah, it c- creates like a sludge and then it yep. limits the flow. Exactly. So you get these corners of your coolant tank where... Everything just settles, and then that's like the little nest that all this crap grows in. Yeah. So we've added some features where, like, we're stirring the coolant with, like, special hoses. So you think, like, a pond where there's not, like, a river or a waterfall or a fountain flowing in it, right? Mm -hmm. And you see, like, a golf course. They always have these fountains. Well, part of it's because it looks cool, but a lot of part of it is just a larger part of it, I should say, is just it's trying to agitate and keep things moving so that, that... there's no space for that stuff. To maybe go. that's part of your problem is is maybe it's not the deodorant you're using. Maybe it's that you're not applying the deodorant in all the right places. <laughs> okay, sure. All so right, I'll let's just, move I'll on. just like move around and let's move on to the next point. Put on my neck. Let's move on to the next point. So <laughs> besides these huge systems that we just got talking about, there's also small things, belt and disc skimmers that you could install. Sure, yeah. And installing those. To get rid of what? Like the, the tramp oil. Tramp oil, yep, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then lastly, at least from my perspective, is just choosing the correct coolant for your application. So there's a lot of very inexpensive, cheap coolants out there. And there's a lot of coolants out there that are more premium. We only sell the premium stuff. And I think it makes a big difference. Yeah. I mean, of course, right? You got to have the right, the appropriate coolant for whatever you're cutting. So So get your expert involved in order to make sure you're specifying the correct coolant for your application. So that's all I have. I mean, again, broadly speaking, I divided up the problems into two different categories, your people and your equipment. And then we just talked through a bunch of solutions. I know you can't address all of these at one time, but I feel like you should know the things that you're not doing well and start picking off the easy ones first. Start doing that preventative maintenance, number one. And even before you have any maintenance to do, make sure you're buying the right chip management, coolant Mm -hmm. filtration system, the right coolant for whatever your application is. Take your team aside. Show them how to wash their hands properly. Make sure that they're all doing it. Make sure they understand when to use gloves, when they don't need to use gloves. Tell them that you're going to be investing in better soap and better moisturizer. I mean, give me a break. Like, how expensive could that possibly be sure, to upgrade right. your soap? So I got one for you. I have a story. This is a story directly Spend connected to more money to on your deodorant, Nick. Sure. <laughs> I got a stinky story for you. Okay. Ready? So I heard this from a customer who was telling me about his shop. I'm not even going to say where it was. And they had this one machine 
and everything was the same as all the other machines around it. Same coolant, same cutting the same chips and everything. And this one machine was awful, smelled horrible, and they couldn't fix it. And they, one by one, they were trying to go through all the potential causes and they couldn't fix it. Can I take a guess? I think you might get it. The operator was throwing his cigarette butts in there. No, very close. He was spitting his chew in there. <laughs> he was he, he was chewing tobacco <laughs> and he was spitting his chew into the, okay. into the, into the machine. Yeah, like when I he was would change very, parts and I stuff. I was very close yeah. because I've seen the whole cigarette thing before. And it's just nasty. So, yeah. like, so of course that's going to create a funky environment. Yeah. Oh my but, gosh, yeah. that's so funny. And, and you know what? So watch out for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again... I don't know what you need to do as far as people that putting their cigarette butts and spitting in the yeah. cool and stuff. I mean, but some like, of this is maybe like a culture of values. Problem, yeah, right? exactly. But, exactly. But I mean, again, put something for them to put their smokes out close by. I don't know. Or just don't smoke in the shop anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know that is a little old school, isn't it? Sure. Well, if you're not managing your coolant well, you're going to have a stinky shit. <laughs> 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 Whoops. Guys, am I going to see you at IMTS? Nick, it's not just for the guys. It's not? No, there's a lot of women manufacturing leaders that are going to be at IMTS. We know a lot of them. And women make manufacturing move. That's right, Jim. And in fact, IMTS has their special women make manufacturing move events at IMTS. So they're going to have exhibits. They're going to have luncheons so that women can mingle with their peers. They can make connections. I mean, they're really putting an emphasis on attracting and retaining women in the manufacturing industry. And I think that that's really exciting. That sounds awesome. So where do we sign up? So go to imts.com, register, and then look for the special events like Women Make Manufacturing Move. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. So we're not trying to sell our products on here. We give this podcast away for free and it's not just to promote our business. We're just passionate about this because these are problems that we solve. You know what we are passionate about? What? Good reviews. Yes. Yes. You nailed it. It's not hard to do that. It's free for us to create this for you and for you to listen. So we just ask... It's also free to review the podcast. Yeah. We just ask that you give us a free review and be free with your thoughts. Exactly what you think. If you like it, if you don't like it, if you can smell me through the podcast, please let me know. It's your way of saying, I love you. Just rate and review. Or you stink. Or you stink. (laughs) All right. Hey, thanks. How do we end the show? Well, if your shop stinks... You're you're, not making chips? You're not making chips. And if you're not making chips... You're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips Podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.